You're listening to the Hotel Moment Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Hotel Moment. Today we're joined by Christy. Christy, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I am Christy White, the Chief Product Officer at Nolan, and this is my second time on your show, and I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. Welcome back, and congratulations on the promotion there and the new title. Thank you. It's uh, It was official as of this morning. Well, actually, it was technically official a couple of weeks ago when I signed all the paperwork, yeah. but it was announced <laughs> internally this morning to the, our entire team. So, so you guys are getting the first look at it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Congratulations. And how does that change from your previous role to what you're doing now? Hmm, that's a really good question. No, it's, it's it's broadening my reach into doing a little bit more of the marketing component, not taking over that marketing role because that I have no desire to do that. But in that public face and the speaker for the company and long term setting what that lo- that long term road roadmap and vision of the company is. Yeah. yeah, perfect, perfect. Well, and I mean that's a great um, starting spot. I mean, how does the plan for Nolan go? I mean, of course, you guys are focus in the meetings and event space and which now is an interesting area in itself, but what's the plans kind of looking ahead or uh, mean my big picture anyways. So, you know, in the, the big picture, we are in the process of cleansing all of our data to make sure that it is accurate as possible. We had a lot of things that that occurred where hotels closed and we had an electronic feed from those hotels during during the COVID. Yeah. And they were closed for four or five months, but someone forgot to or just through it happened like that didn't go in and cancel all of those events that they already had in the book. So we're cleansing all of that, but we're even going back even further and, and really cleansing out that data so that it's as accurate as possible as we move forward, because we have some really cool new features that are coming. We're, we're building in an estimated revenue calculator where we show what we believe the estimated revenue of an individual event would be to sort mm-hmm. of help hotels um, and salespeople, especially in this time where sales teams are, shall we say a little bit lighter than they used to be, but so that they, as they're looking at events and they're doing those searches, they can say, this is an event I might want to target based upon the value of that picture piece of business. The other thing that we're working is from an educational perspective to get hotels to go back to, I mean, I'm old, you're a baby by comparison, but I, I'm old enough to have remembered when I had to go out and pound on doors to get sales business. I, I think anyone that's been in the industry for the past 10 years, we've become accustomed to the business walking in the front door, whether that was mm-hmm. physically walking in or coming in electronically via an RFP. And I think we need to get back to that business of having relationships with our customers and and really owning the piece of business as opposed to you know, catching it because we put the right rate out there at that right moment on RFP. So we want to make sure that we're helping hotels understand the total value of an account, not the value of individual pieces of business necessarily. No, that's exactly, that's a perfect, perfect point. Because I mean, it it is that it's uh, the focus on relationships and that's what's really going to continue to drive the business. And hopefully sales teams, properties, GMs, uh, we're proactive in this downtime to make sure we're trying to maintain those relationships with those contacts in the you know top of mind with them as things are happening. And of course, right now, I mean, we look at the, the BT segment and we're seeing it start to slowly uptick. But I think last conversation I had heard is still looking at uh, into Q4 into next year before we really start seeing a, a bigger spike return in the BT travel. 
But how is the meetings and events side looking? I mean, corporate, Smurf, what's kind of leading the leading the more charge right now? So corporate is still leading the way on there. It runs weekly on average about 60% of the total business that we see. We're at just shy of about 50% of the events that we were seeing same time last year, or not same time last year, same time 2019, which was really a bellwether year if you really want to get to it. We're a little closer if you go back a few years. I don't know that we're necessarily going to ever get back to 2019 events, at least not probably in the next five years, because I do think every time you have one of these downturns, whether it's, you know, an economic downturn a la 2008 or something mm-hmm. where this this pandemic, companies get a little bit more efficient for a while and they're a little pickier about the meetings that they do and the size of the meetings that they do. And I think we'll see a little bit of that because there's a fear factor that goes with it now. It's not just about the amount of money. But, you know, at the end of the day, you hear these companies saying, well, we're no longer going to do the one day trip to Hong Kong for a business meeting. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is keeping up with the Joneses. The minute one of these big consulting companies finds out that one of their competitors put someone on a plane to Hong Kong for a single day of meeting, they're going to have someone on a a plane for one day for a single day meeting. That just that's the fact that's the nature of the beast. And then ultimately, as a species, we are much better when we can plan, you know, when we can meet together. It's very rarely the the sitting in the in the keynote session, not to make you know, not to make light of those. I mean, I've sat been the uh-huh. keynote speaker a couple of times. <laughs> if you hear someone ask a question, you think that's a really interesting idea, and you hunt that die down that that person down at the coffee bar or at the bar that evening and, and buy them a drink. And that's where great ideas are formed. And that's mm-hmm. the value of face-to-face meetings. And we're just gonna have to get back to that at some point. Now, we're probably going to be smarter about it for a while, but yeah, we're seeing that corporate's leading the way. It's uh, typically manufacturing, technology, pharma, uh, consulting, and training and education is the one that's been, from an industry perspective in corporate, that's really been picking up over the last few months. So you're beginning to see people come back in and start training people, probably as companies are rehiring. Yeah, I was going to say that's a great point. Even in the hospitality industry itself, that was one of the big conversations that was happening was with senior leaders leaving now, who's going to train the new people? We have to really figure out and reinvent. It's a great point, though. It does extend beyond our own industry here into the other areas of how does everyone else rehire and do retraining and get everybody back on board. And exactly it. It's meetings. It's going to be stuff off site. Not every business has a meeting space to use. Not only that, there's other things is that you had a lot of companies that allowed employees to move out of major cities. There was mm-hmm. a, a flight out flight out of New York City, but there are companies that are based there and they let employees move to other areas that are less expensive. They're going to have to bring those people in and they're going to do it in a meeting space. We're seeing law firms meet in meeting spaces when they have to do depositions because mm-hmm. they don't want to run the risk of being, stra- bring, being bringing strangers into the office, having to clean that space, then turn around and clean it again. It's cheaper for them to pay $500, $1,000 to a hotel and let the hotel take on the, that responsibility. No, it's exactly. I mean, um, it always goes back to liabilities and uh, responsibilities that come with that. So exactly to your point, put it off to the hotel. Hotel's already prepared to do that and, you know, is set up to handle something like that. A boardroom can be perfect for that kind of a setup in that conversation or even into a meeting space if they need a little bit more space to it. So no, it's exactly, it's a great point. Uh, And I say that that's a great idea here. So where have you seen that people are going after? So what kind of titles, what kind of contacts 
whether it's the training side, the death position side. Well, I would love to say that there's 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 data that supports all that. Last, it's a little bit of a hot mess. I mean, we have contact data in our system and we do a fairly good job of cleansing it and making sure that we are at least confirming that that person is still at that organization. But as we all know, that's no longer the case at COVID. Um, and and what we're finding is the that the event coordinator position may no longer exist. So that's going to a plant secretary or, you know, an office manager or different things like that. So we're doing our best to keep up with that contact information. But it's, you know, it's I'm the little girl with her finger in the dike going, I can't, I don't have enough fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what we're typically encouraging is, you know, get that in with with the accounting office, get the in with the office manager, those people, those are usually people that know everything and mm -hmm. no one ever mm -hmm. really wants to talk to them, unfortunately. So they're often a little bit chattier about what they'll change. Even when I worked in sales long before the pandemic, I'd always sometimes go to the accounting office in places because they'll tell you all kinds of fun information. Sometimes it was because they were happy someone was talking to them and sometimes it was just to get you off the phone, yeah. but you could get really <laughs> good information. Where I would preface that is you've got to go into it prepared. You can't go mm -hmm. in with the, hey, Ray, I'm from Hotel ABC. You have any meetings? It's got to be that, hey, Ray, I know in the past that you guys were planning meetings two or three times a year, and I'm sure COVID has completely disrupted that. With that, I used to work with Carol, and I know Carol's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. What's the plan? Are you guys going to be do? Are you guys going to do any more meetings in the future? What does that look like for you guys? You know, really stepping into that, we're all in this together. And, you know, I hate that Carol's not there. Those kinds of things. If you make that slightly warmer call, then you'll find that people open up to you versus that I'm, I'm just asking you questions that I could have found the answer to if I'd really done a little bit of research. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and you know, it's building that to the business reason, right? I mean, you want to make sure that they feel like, okay, this is someone who's actually knowledgeable and or to your yes. point, there's someone that's just picking up the phone, dialing and saying, and hopefully they can fish some information out of me. But it's a very good point. You know, accounting teams are sometimes underutilized. They do know anything and everything going on within the company because it all funnels through them. I mean, most everything's going to have a dollar amount behind it. So they have to sign off at some point. Yeah, they know where um, that check went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a great point. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see as we continue out of the pandemic, how the industry can, industries continue to recover. I mean, does it mean that we see you know tr more trainings like this happen and become a little more of the norm offsite? I mean, how have you guys seen it change? I know square footage wise, the you know Nolan reported that we're seeing those levels return closer to 2019 levels. Yeah. But do you feel like that's going to continue post pandemic? I mean, the restrictions are changing now. Have you guys started to see a shift just yet in that? Um, we actually are starting. So right at the beginning, when we first started seeing meetings again, so we'll go back to last mm -hmm. fall, what we were seeing is meetings that were like half the size, if not mm -hmm. smaller than what they had been in 2019. But the meeting space would be twice, if not more than what we would have seen that same meeting in the prior years. Now we're beginning to see those numbers come close together. So last month was the first month that we saw the number of its average number of attendees equal mm -hmm. to 2019. And the meeting space was only off by about 300 square feet. 
So you're definitely beginning to see those numbers shrink. And it varies by specific markets. Like I live in Texas, you know, COVID happened here in March. It was here for a couple of weeks and then it was all gone and we were over it. We're done. Went back to pretty much business as usual. Mm -hmm. Florida, much the same. Georgia, Phoenix was the, or Arizona. But you've got other states that still have a few restrictions going on. California Mm -hmm. is one. Up in your neck of the woods still has a handful of restrictions in place. So in those, you're still seeing those numbers that we saw closer to last fall, where it's about half the people, twice the meeting space. But there's those numbers are beginning to close the gap very quickly. I think as, or I believe, as vaccination rates go up, that you're going to see that people become more and more comfortable. And it'll take you know, a handful of meetings that happen where nothing happens, then people are, we, we all suffer from short-term memory disorder in a good way that we're just going to yeah. get comfortable. I was at an offsite meeting in DC last week. We, we were, I think the only meeting in the hotel, but in their lobby space, it was this great hotel, yours truly in Georgetown. If you haven't been yeah. there, highly recommend it, but a very active bar, very active social scene that was going on there. You could tell there were a lot of locals in the place. Every place that we went, every restaurant we went to was packed, very few masks in place. We were joking walking along the streets of Georgetown that, you know, COVID, what happened to COVID? Wasn't that a thing? People, you're already seeing people just getting out there. And D.C. was one of those areas that was locked down for a very long time. And people are coming out in droves. Yeah, no, and it is some ways um, starting to return to business as usual. I mean, um, we actually this morning had a chat with our team and as a company, one of the biggest uh, things everybody was talking about was going out hiking or gathering with other friends and stuff like that and just kind of reconnecting, reuniting. And, you know, mm-hmm. back to your earlier point, it's rebuilding those relationships, reestablishing ourselves there in a lot of ways. So have you guys seen a move towards hybrid still? Or, I mean, that was the up and coming thing during the pandemic. It's a little harder for us to see that every so often as I look through the data, you'll see something mm-hmm. that'll say, you know, such and such company hybrid meeting. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's a hybrid component. There's just not really a way for us to capture that unless it's designated in the name of the meeting. But we've, we've seen it anecdotally. I've talked to a handful of customers that have said, yes, they're having it. They're, mm-hmm. they're learning as they go. So it is something that I'm recommending to hoteliers is get with your tech vendors, find out the different technology that's out there that companies can use for hybrid, because trust me, you can spend a boatload of money doing hybrid, or you can spend next to nothing. And it all comes down to the type of experience you need. If If everybody is in the meeting room except for five people, you don't need to spend an arm and a leg to do hybrid because you just need something that they can see what's going on in the room. If most of the people are hybrid and every and there's a handful of people in the room and you need to be able to do breakout rooms and different things like that, then you need to spend the money and get a a higher scale tech that's going to support that. But as salespeople, we need to be able to ask those questions and truly partner with our meeting planners to help them understand where you can help with that. And then the other piece is making sure that you have functionally got the technology to support all of that. You know, do you have a dedicated streaming service that's for your meeting space versus your guest rooms? Because there's nothing quite as fun as having a meeting that the streaming stops because 12 kids are on a leisure trip with their parents and they're suddenly streaming Netflix and playing on their PS5 remotely and they take your entire 
network down to its knees. And I've seen it happen at a lot of different things. Ironically, I've seen it happen at tech events. So just making sure you've got that infrastructure that if you've got six or seven meetings and everybody's doing some form of a hybrid meeting that you can support that bandwidth. Well, that's exactly it. And it's uh, on the sales side, knowing our infrastructure, right? It's working closely with engineering, IT, to make sure we understand what the network can actually do and what, you know, how we can allocate the correct bandwidth and be able to work within those restrictions, those confines. Because to your point, I mean, the guest network can easily, if it's being, you know, have a heavy load, start slowing down, start bogging down, start losing connection and create a lot of issues on that end. I mean, when I was on property last, we actually had a uh, gaming group stay with us. So we actually yep. had to go through, upgrade our infrastructure to make sure we could accommodate their bandwidth needs and bring in you know, different solutions to be able to uh, accomplish what they were looking to have done. So definitely it's one of those things that as a salesperson, you don't really think about those items when you're working with a group and setting these things up. And then you start getting those a little further deeper in those conversations. You're like, I'll have to talk to somebody about that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but if you know a little bit about that beforehand and you can talk yep. about what kind of, what the, what's the bandwidth that you're going to need? Because here's the other thing. There may now need to be cost associated with this exactly. because this is not just about the presenter connecting to YouTube to play a quick little video in the middle of their keynote session. This is an all day lift to have this bandwidth. So we are going to probably for the average hotel, if you were if it's a conference hotel, they've probably been having these conversations yeah. for years. For but sure. for the average hotel, you've never had to have the conversation about it's going to cost you a thousand dollars a day to have that level of bandwidth because we've got to, you know, we've got to do things that are going to make yeah. that happen. And those are conversations that we need to have beforehand. But then you're having that real conversation that we're going to be able to support you. This isn't like dial-up speed here. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, the, the other challenge then is now is your network's infrastructure able to pick it up? I mean, your yeah. switches, your routers, is that actually at a point where it can handle this bandwidth need to? Because in the end, we all say, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could upgrade it. We just call our, our, our uh, We're just going to call AT&T. They'll come out. Yeah. They'll flip a switch. It'll all be fine. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it worked. Um, so and to that point, select service, how will we see the rebound? Select service properties versus full service properties. My experience with this was at a select service property. So it was picking up the phone and calling AT&T and saying, hey, guys, this is what I'm trying to do. But Can like, I do You this? need to talk to this person. Yeah. <laughs> it was the whole thing. Um, yeah, so we're actually seeing it's recovery across all spectrums. Um, some of that's because big hotels, in some of the major markets, the big hotels are still closed. So mm, companies sort gotcha. of gravitated to the smaller full service or, or select service hotels. But we did see very early on select service hotels sort of jump out in front. And the biggest reason, and we talked to a handful of meeting planners during the middle of it, is because they had to have the meeting. And they looked at it that this is a hotel with 4,000 square feet of meeting space. We're probably going to be the only group there. So we, it's a, that layer of protection because we're the only, only group meeting. But we're now actually beginning to see some really big hotels. We're seeing a lot of stuff at the Gaylords, at big Omni hotels that are coming in. So that's a sign that bigger things are happening. I mean, we saw an event four weeks ago in New Orleans with 5,000 people one week wow. and 3,500 the next week. So, you know, these things are out there, just not as, as much as one would expect. But here's the reality. And everybody gets hot, gets caught up in this. Oh, when are the big things? When's the world of concrete coming back? When's this, when's Salesforce, the conference coming back? The fact of the matter is even in 2019, 
events with more than a thousand people were less than 5% of the events that we see. Mm -hmm. 62% of the events were a hundred people or fewer. And that's the numbers that we're starting to see come back. That's where the wheelhouse is. And that's where people are comfortable meeting right now. And there are other things that you can do. I was talking with a group of hotels in Indianapolis, um, Two, two, two or three weeks ago, I can't remember. And they had a group that was 150 people. And they actually just did 50 people in three different sections of their ballroom. And those people were sort of grouped together, they ate their meals together, they did all of this, so that it was just it was limited to those 50 people in the room that you were supposed to be socializing with. I don't know how they managed that once the events ended, oh, and people yeah. could, could congregate. <laughs> but it was a very interesting. So they simulcast into the rooms. But at any given point, at some point during the day, your breakout room, your your breakout room yeah. had the speaker in it and the other two were simulcast. So it's just an interesting way. And I, I think people are being very creative about how they bring together. In the fall, there was a group in Atlanta. They'd had a big event for years, called them saying, look, I'm sure you're not having it. And they're like, well, yeah, actually, we want to have it. And what yeah. they ended up doing is they they had two other locations that people could get to by driving because they didn't want to put people on planes. So this particular hotel had sister properties in those two cities. And she was able to book the same event at all three properties over the same days. And they did the same thing. They simulcast into those. But each individual session had 75 people. So they were a limit. They were limiting the number of people in the event. So they they weren't putting all these people into one room, and all of those people were able to drive in. So they even had a less expense than putting all those people on planes and exposing them to other people. So it was just a really interesting way, and we see that happening a lot more than one yeah. would think. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because it definitely is getting resourceful. It's using different ways to do that. I mean, that group sounds like they were do doing a, a pod kind of setup. But to your point, in the end it's going to move into people being in the same space in the same hotel hotel right. area. So they're going to want to mix and mingle and chat from there. I mean, I can see both sides of it. And, and to that point, it's almost the idea of having the simulcast, you might as well just kind of do a, a general session at that point, because everybody's yep. pretty much in the same area and in the same <clears throat> foyer and everything else. But that's an interesting idea. And it's interesting to find different how companies are adopting to create different fields and do you feel like that's going to create more of a, an intimate feel for those meetings? Or do you feel like this is uh, going to be something that eventually we're just going to kind of say, well, that was fun. Let's get back to the way it was. Um, I think for a while it's going to create that intimate feel. But we've seen it like after 2008, we saw the same thing where they, for the expense, they didn't want to put mm -hmm. people on planes. So they would pick sm smaller local locations where people could, everyone could drive in in like three to five hours because that was less expensive. If you put three people in one car driving to a destination, that's, you know, even if that costs you 200 bucks in, in, in mileage or a rental car, still less expensive than putting three people on a plane. Sure. So that, you know, we saw that sort of that same similar recovery, except now it's fear-based versus expense-based. And I'm sure there's some expense component that's coming into it. Um, but imagine if you're that meeting planner and you get on the phone with that salesperson, that salesperson's ready to have that consultative conversation to say, mm -hmm. hey, not only can I help you with this, I've got three, two, two of our sister properties that are in those cities and I'm out book everything for you. I've already talked to them. They have the dates available. We're going to do the exact same thing you've done at our hotel in the past. And you won't, you'll only ever have to deal with me. And we're going to do all the billing out of my hotel. So there's only one check that you write and we'll take, take care of writing the bill to the other ones. I mean, things like that, that's where a meeting planner, that's where you've just, you've just 
hooked someone in for life. That's a customer for life right there. Definitely. Definitely. Well, it's it's being that resource, right? I mean, if yeah. you can talk to when you're talking to your meeting planners as you're young to your early point, rebuilding those relationships and having those conversations and in-person chats, it's making sure to ask, well, where else are you having meetings? Where else can we help you out with our other properties? Because in the end, even if it's you're a, a standalone Hilton, then you're putting it in scalps and you're sending it off to another properties. Either way, you're still helping source and help fill out, fill some of that need for the client. Is going to help a build your relationship there, but b it helps you you know grow a little bit further on your end. And it's uh it's a very great point. I feel like we always get so focused on well, what's in it for my property? What else can I get from my hotel? And sometimes just forget about. I mean, there are meetings in other places that <laughs> that person is planning. That's a it's a it's a great point. Now, is there a idea you have on what is going to be? I mean, if you were to have a crystal ball and look for the next year ahead. Where do you see the industry going uh, when it comes to meetings and events? Oh, so I think the I'm I'm a little more bullish than our 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 colleagues at Smith Travel are. I actually think the back half of the year is going to be fairly phenomenal. We're already seeing that trend in numbers from Demand 360 from TravelClick that you know they're reporting that groups are are growing quite a bit. We're hearing it anecdotally from meeting planners. Things are starting to pick up. And I've even heard it from a handful of the brands where they're saying, you know, they're on the books for the last quarter or are growing exponentially daily. So short of something, you know, sort of catastrophic happening, the back half of the year is going to be fairly phenomenal. What's going to be what's going to not be good for hotels is for those hotels who haven't brought salespeople back. Or mm-hmm. still have their salespeople working desk shifts or, you know, seating people in the restaurant if they've got their restaurant or whatever. Those are the hotels you're going to be left with what's left. The hotels that have their salespeople in there and their salespeople are dedicated to sales are actually going out, not necessarily going out, but are on the phone, developing those relationships, redeveloping those relationships, making those connections. They're going to be the ones that are going to have the pick of the meetings when they come in. Because one thing we are hearing from meeting planners is often because they're having a hard time getting salespeople, mm-hmm. they're in, they're booking and inquiring in the exact same call. They call and you've got the rates, dates, and space available. They're just booking it. They're not taking the chance that you're going to be there when they call back after talking to three or four other hotels. So, you know, making sure you've got those people and making sure they're trained. You know, we've talked a little bit about having that tech conversation. You're probably going to want more meeting space than they've had in the past. So now you've got a different room to space ratio. Are you actually going to waive that meeting room? Are you going to have to charge some kind of meeting room rental? And being able to very fluently have those conversations versus saying, well, let me go talk to my revenue manager about this. If you yeah. can just spin it off and have those conversations, you're much more likely to get them to a place that they're going to sign a contract uh, sooner rather than later. So I'm I'm very excited about the back half of the year. I think it's going to be pretty phenomenal, both from a transient and from a, a group perspective. And I think 2021 is going to be one of those years that we're all going to look back probably four or five years from now, we're going to have forgotten everything. And we're going to be like, why did we have so much growth that year? And then I think by 2022, we'll probably be at the plateau. And that's probably where our numbers will stay for a while. We'll have just normal annual growth rates Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, another four or five years. But I, you know, I don't know that we'll ever get back to 2019 levels, at least not for four or five years. But I think by 2022, we're going to be back to a relative normal number. We've just got to decide what normal looks like. 
I'm not a personal fan of saying 2019 is where normal was. Yeah. 2019, we sold more hotel rooms, made more money than we ever had and had more inventory in the space. It may not be that that's, that was something that is the normal. Maybe 2018 is the normal. Maybe 2017 is yeah. the normal. And I think each individual hotel is going to have to decide what that normal looks like. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, budget season, it was one of those things that for last year that more people I talked to said that there's kind of like you take a you know dart, you throw it and say, oh, I think this is somewhere other area we're going to land. Hope for the best. Uh, well, so It's interesting because we were talking before we started filming. I was at EVS a couple of weeks ago, the executive vendor summit, and there were the, the guys from hotel effectiveness were there. And if you don't know the product, I firmly believe that you should go out and learn more about the product. It's an amazing payroll tool um, and planning tool, but they've actually, because of COVID have developed budgeting that you can do from, you know, zero spend because we actually had hotels that closed. They had to know mm -hmm. what's the bare minimum payroll I need to spend to keep my hotel safe and, and then building up from there from a budgeting perspective. So I think it's actually probably made us more effective in how we can do that and how we need to scale our properties. Yeah. And it's been interesting because there, you know, to your earlier point about salespeople is that you have now a lot of companies who have moved to cluster sales and cluster sales yep. setup where you went from someone who was maybe one or two properties to now seven, eight, nine, some properties up to like 12 or 14. Just depends on your, your company, depends on your setup. And of course, those are usually geared towards the smaller select service properties versus, you know, can't really do that with a full service cluster. Yeah, it makes it a little easily. more difficult there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been interesting to see that that pivot, that transition happening. How have you kind of seen the industry respond to things like that on your side uh, when it comes to meetings and events? Have you guys, I mean, you were touching on, of course, the challenges of getting a hold of somebody. But have you heard feedback from uh, meeting planners saying that that in itself has become a challenge at all or that they've enjoyed the fact that they have one point of contact like that? They're not enjoying the fact that they can't find people and that, you know, their contact of years is now gone. And there was never an email that was sent saying, here's your new point of contact. And then you con you conflate that because you've got they call into these hotels that they've done business with for years. Susie no longer works there. And Carol, the new person that they're supposed to work with, is working desk shifts, but she's on three to eleven this week, so they can never get her. Yeah. So they're they're frustrated more than anything because there there hasn't been that level of communication. And that one thing that they're falling back on is they're often falling back on the CVBs in those markets to to help with them. And I'm afraid, you know, not that there's anything against anything wrong with RFPs when used properly, but I'm afraid mm -hmm. people will start falling back on RFPs because they can't get those responses. Now, I've got worked with a couple of really smart hotel companies that have, when they've brought people back, they've done it very um, strategically. They've mm -hmm. brought back multi, what I like to do, it, you know, utility players. So if you watch baseball, there's always good to have that utility baseball yep. player that can play multiple positions. It's that same thing. I think the days of having a single market segment sellers are long behind us. You're going to have sure. to have someone that can sell corporate and association and Smurf just as fluently. You come from the select service world. So chances are you were doing that already. Yep. But I worked in big behemoth hotels and in big behemoths, we had people that specialized in association. I even worked in one where we had someone that specialed in national association only. Those days are probably long behind us because we're going to have leaner teams for quite some time to come. And I think we're going to discover that we don't necessarily need all of those warm bodies. 
But what we are going to need is we need one or two good hunters that can just go out and find the business. And then you're going to need one or two good farmers that can then grow that business that your hunters are bringing in. And unfortunately, over the last 10 years, all we've really had, we, I I wouldn't even go so far to say that we've had farmers, we've had order takers and we're going to have to get away from that. Well, yeah, it's exactly, it's, uh, it's being consultative, consult, consultative, and actually, you know, having a conversation, understanding what the need is, you know, exactly everything we've been covering today is um, really the direction that we all need to go. And the salespeople, you know, to your point, it's been easier to be an order taker and take that in. We're used to having all that base of business coming in everywhere. So yeah, definitely agree hundred percent that it, it is the way our team and the teams are going to need to move is towards going after business. It's trying to uncover new pieces of business. I mean, it's something it's sometimes as simple as sending a blanket email to our, all previous contacts just saying, hey, yep. here's who uh, is running our teams now. This is how you can get a hold of us. Let us know if you have anything coming in and or if you're tr- setting up meetings elsewhere, we can help you out with that as well. Just you know, even a blanket email is a good touch point. And then going after that low-hanging fruit, going after those repeat pieces of business. I'm using tools like Nolan, where you can go through and see who's had events in the past. You can go after that big hotel that you know is closed and would normally host this meeting. It's definitely you know, saturating that area. So, I mean, Christy, we're actually out of time here. So do you have any um, final words of wisdom for anybody before we so uh, wrap my up? Final, my most recent soapbox is because I have been traveling all throughout COVID with, with the exception of about four months from the beginning of quarantine till the mid in summer. I didn't travel then, but I've traveled since almost at least once a month. Service people, it's all about the service. And I don't just mean from your salespeople, they need to be able to service your customers. But when I get to the front desk, I want someone who's I can see is smiling at me through behind that mask and can actually have a conversation. I had a hotel recently that I stayed in. I walked up with my credit card because I was pre-checked in on the app and said, hi, here's my name. I just need to get my keys. Click, 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 click. Handed me two keys and pointed. Never said a word to me. Never had, you know, thank you for staying. And I am a top tier traveler with this particular company mm-hmm. and didn't thank me for any of my stays, nothing. And it's a common theme that I'm seeing at hotels as I travel. So making sure that those people that you've brought back to your front desk are trained because we've raised a generation of people who think screaming into the clown head, getting to the window and their order is right is good service. And that's yeah. not good service. So we have to train them how to have those conversations. And it's going to go a long way because there are a lot of empty rooms sitting out there. And the next time someone comes to your area, they're just going to go across the street. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that in itself, that's a, that's a whole topic we could cover there. I mean, there's <laughs> so much to that to unpack from that one. But yeah, it is. It, it's a service. And that's what set, sets us apart. To your exact point there, every hotel kind of has a little bit of the same thing. It's that service. It's that smile. It's that personality. And I think that's just kind of some of what the industry is right now is, Reestablishing, representing ourselves, and yes. I mean, rebuilding that relationship with, even within our own internal teams. Um, Absolutely. That at the end of the day, that. it's a hotel. They all have beds, bathrooms, maybe a restaurant, and internet and TVs. Past yeah. that, you've got to do something that's going to distinguish yourself. Well, I mean, I did sell a room at one point in time that didn't have a TV. Nice. The TV was broken, and we called it our reading rooms where people want to go read. Um, <laughs> That's off to you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a unique one. Christy, thank you again for your time today. It's been wonderful uh, catching up there. And we appreciate you rejoining us again for Hotel Moments. And definitely lots going on in the meeting space. And we could definitely continue this for quite a while. 
with everything that's happening in the industry. So I definitely appreciate you sharing some of your knowledge and insight of uh, the happenings in the world right now. Fantastic. I'm happy to come anytime. You guys are always great and good luck. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it again. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Hotel Moment Podcast. For more information, visit gomoment.com slash podcast.